then we'll just go together. Okay. Welcome to Women Leading the Way radio show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations, and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. So excited to be on Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I am Chris King, and this is a really interesting, uh, I don't know, I'm going to call it an observation or um, it's what in my world we call a VUCA alert, V-U-C-A, and it talks about the volatility, the uncertainty, the uh, uh, complexity and ambiguity that comes with business ownership. And uh, right now we, we are hoping to have our guest call in, uh, and as, as is normal in the entrepreneurial world, Things from time to time go sideways, so it becomes an opportunity to leverage uh, whatever goes "quote unquote" wrong, as we might judge it, and uh, and make magic happen. <laughs> so, um, but that's uh, that's kind of the nature of being an entrepreneur, right? It is. So it is. So we have, we're uh, just going to get real today, right? <laughs> Right, and how much more real does it get than that, right? So Michelle Berquist, of course, of Connected Women of Influence here monitoring everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's just the nature of being an entrepreneur. Things are not going to go as planned. Things are going to go sideways, and it's how we relate to that, right? Um, because there is an opportunity to leverage everything, or as they so eloquently say in the military, Embrace the suck, right? <laughs> I like that phrase. <laughs> right? Well, Michelle, I mean, look, you've, you've been a business owner, and you have had to deal with countless uh, things where it didn't go as planned. I mean, what's the first thing that happens for you, and, and how do you shift out of, of whatever you're in to get to where you want to go? I'm only laughing because it's like, you know, plan A is not plan B, which might have been not plan E, which turns into plan Z, right? Because the plan does not always go according to the plan. But you are correct, Senator. It's like I want to use the military term. I think, I mean, it, this was with all of us, right? I think in hosting events or, you know, even radio shows and podcasts that, you know, just sometimes stuff happens where, you know, the people that we think are – going to be there it's like something obviously happened so uh, you know I think you just need to be at the ready is it easy like I'm going to ask you because I don't think it's ever easy because my first you know my first reaction is pure panic it's like oh my god what do we do and then the next question is all right what are we going to do right what am I going to do what mm -hmm. can we do as a let's just figure it out because there is no perfection as an entrepreneur so how about you because I know you you lived in the radio world but as an entrepreneur, you see it a lot as well, and especially, I imagine, with clients. You know, what's your impression of the um, plan B, as I call it? And you call it something Yeah, else, the plan, I, you know, 
Well, I, and I love the way you phrase that, right? Plan B becomes plan C because plan M to what I, you know, and I, and I think there is that, you know, the ideology that I come from is that my plan is not necessarily going to be the plan. And, and that, even though I think it's, you know, my plan is what it quote unquote should be, what if the way that it's going even if it's unexpected, even if I don't like it, what if this is in fact for the highest good of everybody concerned? If I can get my head around that idea and quickly get away from my idea of what should or should not be, quote unquote, then I can have that opportunity. Um, now, the second part of this is that you know, that lean in response, right? The fight or flight kind of thing. Well, this is the fight response and, and fight we don't mean as like in an adversarial way, but it means to lean in as opposed to pull back or lean out. And this is, this is necessary, right? If at some point uh, you have to take that leap and lean in and go for it. Hey, Chris, you know what's going to be interesting? So Leilani's on here. I'm going to try to pull her in, and we can either, you know, hopefully she'll be there because, you know, that now we're at plan E, I think. So let's see if Leilani <laughs> can come in, um, and we'll just let her know that we've started the live show. So hang on one second, and awesome. let's find right, out. We'll um, trying to bring her in. But Leilani, are you there? Because we started our show. We are live. Are you with us? <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. So sorry I am There late. we go. Technical, yeah, I had technical difficulties got in my car and sped down the road to try to find Wi-Fi. So I am at a small local gas station um, standing in their <laughs> office. So talk about fight or flight. I literally flew here in my car. So apologies for being late, but I am here. Awesome. <laughs> well, Chris is well, here. No, I'm going to no, bow no. out. Go with it, Chris. <laughs> All right, Michelle, thank you for, for extending with me. So, Lilani, let's talk about this because you are the founder and owner of, uh, of Be The Change HR. We're not going to talk about HR. We're going to talk about this kind of stuff. Like, this is about as real and authentic as it gets. Things go sideways. They don't go as planned. And how is it that you deal with it when that moment happens and you realize your entire plan just went to crap? I, you got to make split-second decisions. I was in the house calling in, you know, um, it, it kept dropping my call. So um, I'm on the road this year, and I move from place to place, and oftentimes I'm in remote areas, so that's where I'm at right now. So the minute that that happened, I had three minutes before the show started, and I knew where the closest gas station was, slash pizzeria, slash amazing local stuff in here. So I was like, I'm going to make a play for this. I'm going to hop in the car and drive and just cross my fingers. It's going to work. Barged through the front door. I went to the cashier, and I was like, do you have Wi-Fi? She's like, yes. I'm like, this is so bad. I'm supposed to be on a radio show right now. <laughs> I'm like, what's the Wi-Fi? She pointed. And then as I'm talking, one of the workers here came over and, and, and you know, did a, like, a thumbs up. You all right? And I'm like, I'm good. So it's just making split-second decisions. Um, and, 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 and knowing that it always works out, right? It's always going to work out one way or another. You know, that's a great point. I mean, there's, there's two things that you touched on. Number one, those split-second decisions. Um, because in my world, success loves speed. And the quicker we can get out of that, oh, my God, I don't know what to do, into action, 
the um, even even if it's not necessarily the right action, it's it's easier to turn a car that's moving as opposed to one that's crawling along at a snail's pace. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, getting away that this might be the best thing ever. You know, Michelle a few minutes ago mentioned that I, I had a radio background, and some of my best, uh, my best shows were when things went completely unexpected or, quote, unquote, wrong. So, um, so now you have a successful business. Be the Change HR. You've been doing this for a number of years. What would you say is, you know, as, as campy as it may sound, the key – to sustaining success. The key to sustaining success. You know, I'm, I think I'm a great story because I went into this business really never being a successful business owner. I've owned businesses that they weren't successful. Um, and, and, and doing it because I, I loved HR, HR and I loved, I loved helping people. But what I realized very quickly along the way is that I don't know everything and I need help. So I think one of the, mm. biggest, one of the biggest things that I've learned is that I don't know everything and I need help. And so when I get to these crossroads where I don't know the thing, I don't hesitate to reach out to my marketing professionals, my CMO friends, my CSO friends. I'm not beyond Googling anything. I'm not beyond like asking for help. And I think that's one of the, the the biggest markers for me that's gotten me to this point is that I, I'm not perfect, I don't know everything, and I will ask for a helping hand when I need it, which is hard for me to do yeah. because I'm such a perfectionist and I'm such like a type A person to, to ask for help has been a lesson, but I know that's something that I need, I need to do in order to be successful because I don't know everything. You know, I, I love the humility that you have there because I do think that, uh, and, and I agree with you, that, that that kind of humility where knowing that I don't have all the answers is key to being a successful uh, entrepreneur. So, and, the, um, and I want to touch on something because you just hit a point that, um, that we deal with in my organization. You know, we work with a lot of professional women, and it's the perfectionist thing. Now, I see this as a strategy. Like most of the time that perfection thing seems to show up as a strategy to avoid forward momentum. And I love what um, author Jen Sincero, who wrote uh, a couple of books, you know, You Are a Badass, You Are a Badass Making Money, great books. Mm -hmm. Um, She says, you know what's better than perfect is done. Done is better than perfect. And kind of like I mentioned, it's easier to steer a car that's moving at speed. So how do you navigate that perfection <laughs> thing? I'm laughing because it gives me hides. It gives me hides <laughs> when things aren't perfect. And I'm like, you know, I, I catch myself with my team. I catch myself with myself. I get so far in the weeds because I want everything perfect and polished and executed as, as um, like, like a well-oiled machine as much as possible. And I realized that if I do that all the time, I'm going to burn myself out and I'm going to burn my people out. And sometimes I see it and sometimes I don't. It's not till we're so far down the road. I'm like, why did I, why did I push that so hard to do every little minute detail? And so it's something I actively work on. I am not great at it. I am a perfectionist. I want everything to work perfectly and look perfect and be perfect, but I realize that there are some instances where I'm like, it's, it's okay. And, and sometimes I, I, I say certain, like, things that are a little bit morbid, 
but it helps me, at least helps me, and that is we're not curing cancer, so it's not that important, mm-hmm. right? If we were curing cancer, okay, maybe we should make sure that we're doing everything, like, executing perfectly. And the other thing, the other thing that I, I say to myself is, does anybody die? Like, no. Okay, then it's not that mm-hmm. Right. I think that's a great point. And I think it's important to be aware when we say those, those words, I am a whatever it is. I am a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I am a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. The most powerful two words in the English language may be, just might be, I am. And so when we, you know, tie our identity around that, it has a profound impact on how we move forward. Um, so I said I wanted to get real on this, uh, on this episode, and so I would mm-hmm. love to know whatever you're willing to share, and I know you're, you're kind of an open book. Um, mm-hmm. You're successful. You have this company. You've done well for many years, and you're still struggling with some stuff. Like, what is the thing right now that is really jamming you up um, that, that would probably make the biggest shift for you if we could just get that out of the way? What does somebody who's successful like you still deal with? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. Um, hmm. <laughs> so I'm on this epic road trip this year. I sold all my stuff last year, hopped in my car on Christmas Day. My car is a Mazda Miata, the one I was blazing down the road um, at Moxie <laughs> trying to get to the station. Um, it's tiny, so everything I have fits in that. And I'm on this, I'm on this year-long journey. You know, I'm, I'm 41. My kid's grown. I'm in a new phase of life. And a lot has come up for me this year. Um, and one of the things is planning, right? What am I going to do next? And so one thing that's been both as equally easy and as equally difficult is that I don't know, right? I don't know mm-hmm. where I'm going to live next year. I don't know, you know, if I'm going to even put up roots. Um, I don't know how much longer I'd like to sustain this sort of nomad solo lifestyle. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I say I love this. Other times I'm in tears because I miss everybody. I miss my kids. I'm feeling big right now. I miss my kids. And so one Mm -hmm. of the things that I'm, I'm grappling with this year is that I don't know, Like I don't, and that's again, hard for a perfectionist and a planner like me is that I don't know what the future holds. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know necessarily for myself personally what I want. And so I am doing my best and sometimes doing really great at relishing, at living in the moment, make sure, make, making sure that I'm present to enjoy this amazing journey that I'm on and then just mm-hmm. hoping that life will present the answer itself. Um, and that's a big thing. And then another big thing for me this year, uh, and again, in full, like, vulnerability, and I haven't, oh, my gosh, I've barely told anyone. So uh, everybody listening, this is a secret. This is a secret mm. until, like, five seconds from now. And that is this year I decided to remove alcohol from my life. Um, mm. And that has been, yeah, super interesting for me. I've always been a person that's been so, um, being present and presence practice is so important for me. Probably number one for my mental health. I have dealt with severe depression and anxiety my whole life. Um, but I kept thinking, like, this thing, you know, alcohol, primarily wine, was 
taking me mm-hmm. out of the present moment and a, an escape mechanism for me. So I also decided this year that I was going to remove that. And so that's another thing. It's not, it hasn't been a struggle. It's just been different. Life is different now when my Mm -hmm. evenings are no longer filled with a glass of wine that will um, relax me and give me the reward for the hard work I've done for the day and the same thing for the Friday, you know, the Friday tequila and the the weekend stuff. And so between Mm -hmm. those two things, that's what I personally, I wouldn't necessarily call it a full struggle, but a huge change to Mm -hmm. work to work with, to grapple with at times. It's a lot. To be alone on the so road and to remove wine. So here, let me recapitulate this a little bit because you just hit on two really important things. Number one, removing the alcohol so you're not numbing yourself out or anything like that. Right. And number two, it's all of this uncertainty. And what, what I would offer uh, in, in contribution to that is that you are uniquely awake as an entrepreneur, as a person, because the reality is every single day is uncertain. We tell ourselves a story of what's going to happen today, that I'm going to go to work or I'm going to go home, and the day will be as I expect it to be. The reality is that that uncertainty that you are experiencing, everybody lives in it all the time. You just happen to be more aware that you're living in it. Um, you know, when the pandemic started, I posted something uh, because that, that sort of illustrated this. And, you know, people talk about these so, so many times we heard in these unprecedented times. And I said every single day is an unprecedented time if you're awake <laughs> enough to notice, right? And here you uh, are yeah. noticing it. How do you deal with the, the feeling state of living in that certainty? First, what is that feeling state? And how are you navigating that? So there are times where I am crying, and I know there is, there is no escape, right? I'm, I'm dealing mm-hmm. with whatever the thing is, whether it's stress, anxiety, you know, sometimes I feel lonely, all these types of emotions that we all deal with. And I'm like, like, I chose this. So there is no escape, you know. I also don't watch TV. So just remove that, you know, rarely, rarely. <laughs> and, and I, and I, um, I, I revel in that. And then what, what, give me your mm-hmm. two questions again. Uh, what, number one, what is the feeling state living in this uncertainty? Mm-hmm. You know, I perceive it as fear, anxiety, that kind of thing. Um, and how are you, how are you navigating your life so that you can have a successful business while being confronted with all of this reality of uncertainty? Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the biggest things while I'm in those states and I'm feeling anxious and I realize is no, well, there's no wine escape, right? There's no, there's no escape there. Mm-hmm. Is that I turn it into gratitude that I am mm. ultimately grateful to feel these things. And the, the, the difficult ones, too, it's, it's easy to be joyful and, you know, this is so much fun. But I also turn to gratitude when I'm in those uncomfortable feelings, states of sadness, of anxiety, that I also get to feel that and be grateful, grateful that I get to move through that, to not avoid it in any way, to allow it to come and pass through me. And that is part of my project. So I will, I will sit there like, 
tears running down my face. I'm very grateful for all this, you know, but I mean it. I mean it. Um, because the, the alternative, whether to numb or the alternative, whether to not be here entirely, right, to not exist, is not something that I want. So I just mm. have the gratitude. You know, that's very Frederick Nietzsche of you, you know, because Nietzsche believed <laughs> that, that the progress came through the suffering, you know, and, and, yeah. and, I, and I agree, right, that, that struggle and progress are in relationship, and you don't get progress without the struggle, you know. You don't, you don't uh, your arrow doesn't fly very far if the bow doesn't strain and stress. And, um, and I think that's a great point. You know, everything gets better when we're in that place of gratitude. So, being who you are, I'm not even going to say as an entrepreneur or as a business owner, but being who you are, what is the thing that you are most grateful for overall? And don't say your kid, that doesn't count. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, um, what am I most grateful for? I mean, I'm going to sound like such a hippie, but I'm just grateful to be alive. You know, this unique experience that I get behind my eyes um, to move through this mm-hmm. life and I'll give myself to, you know, grateful for this life and, and grateful for the hard work that I've put in to get here physically, mentally, financially. My 20s was a horrible circus. So, and some of my 30s. <laughs> and so, um, you know, this, as many of us know out there, this doesn't come with a lot of hard work. Um, and so I'm grateful. Mm-hmm for, you know, myself and the circles around me that have allowed me to get to this place, you know, where in 2021 I get to travel around the U.S. out of my car and where I get to mentally be in a place of gratitude, even if I'm feeling really crappy and crying and all that, I, you know, I'm grateful for all the all the work and, and, and growth that I've put in up until this point. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned that you've kind of adopted this digital nomad lifestyle, as, uh, as yeah. have I. I'm currently in Mexico. I was in San Cristobal for a few weeks. I'm currently in Puerto Vallarta. Nice. So bouncing around, you know, Mexico for a couple of months at a time. Um, what has this done for you in terms of your business? What are the benefits you've seen? And beyond the technology uh, hiccups, like what are some of the liabilities <laughs> that you've had to deal with? Yeah, so... As everybody knows, the world changed, you know, last March, March of 2020. And Oh, yeah, I um, heard something about that. I had a hard yeah, time getting yeah. coverage on the news, though. <laughs> and so, um, you know, my team was fully remote, and that's when I decided, me, myself, to go fully remote. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't – and, you know, my kid graduated high school, um, and for the first time I had the ability to travel around the U.S. And it has afforded me this most amazing experience of figuring out how to be home-based less, right? I don't have a home base. I don't have a home anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And then to be a nomad CEO and to not have any shame or guilt behind what I was doing. At first, when I first did this, I didn't want to tell anybody. I was worried about what people mm-hmm. would think, what they would say, even my team. I was, you know, not until the last minute did I tell them, hey, I did this thing. And I thought, gosh, what are they going to think? Because I care deeply about what my team um, thinks mm-hmm. about me, right? I'm the one that's leading them. Um, 
and so it, it was an amazing experience to to move through that, to get over it, to also figure out how to move from Airbnb to Airbnb. For all intents and purposes, I move every week. There have been you know what I want to longer. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because you hit on such a powerful point, and I hear this from CEOs, from from our uh, professional, uh, our women entrepreneur in, in particular. But make that having the guilt thing, like when you decide to do something for you that is in alignment with who you are and what you want and where you want to go and how and the life you want to have, the experiences that you want to do, and the guilt. How do you deal with that guilt that comes up when you, when you want to do something for you? Because so many women deal with this. Mm, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, this is my life. This is my experience. I'm only getting one. It's only so long. So after I grapple through that, I know that my, my purpose, my intent, all of it comes from a beautiful, great place. I'm not doing this to, mm-hmm. you know, to um, uh, sort of down cut anybody, right? This is all mm-hmm. for me. And to, to go on this and to enrich my life only enriches those around me. Um, and, you know, even talking about my team, when I told them they were excited, it's always funny. These things happen where you worry about the thing or what people are going to say or think about you, and then you do it and you realize that you're the only one making up that crap in your head of what other people are going to think. Right? Mm, um, right. It's not, usually it's not true. And if it is, screw those people because they don't belong in your life. Right? Yeah. Love that. You know, that's very Mark Twain of you now. We've gone from Nietzsche to Mark Twain where he <laughs> said something along those lines, like I've had a very difficult, challenging life, you know, most of which never happened, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And then the second part of your question, you asked, you know, what, what, what are the difficulties Besides the technical ones, like we all experienced earlier in this interview, Mm -hmm. um, I am right now currently dealing with moving every week and having a a physical reaction in my body. So I'm starting to get more anxious when I'm getting ready to move. I'm noticing that. So instead of moving every single week from place to place, I've also decided to try to slow down. The other thing that I've decided is that cities aren't healthy for me right now, at least in this journey. So the rest of the places that I'm staying are in remote areas. Um, So I'm currently in, I don't know how to say the city. I think it's Kerhonkson. Kerhonkson, New York. Uh, (laughs) And then um, the rest of the places I'm staying will be mountain-centric. I'm a mountaineer, so I'm trying to stay near places where I can climb up mountains in various disciplines um, and then utilize this time to really focus on myself. So I thought in the beginning it was super cool to move every week from place to place, but I'm getting a little exhausted. And so I'm just, I'm learning to listen to my body, its reactions to how it's feeling when I'm doing this and then kind of making some shifts, you know, um, to make sure that I stay mentally healthy while I do this. I mean, every week to move is a lot. And I'm really surprised that it's taken up until this point for my body to react. I feel like I'm an endurance athlete, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, dragging now. I'm like, wait a second. I need some, like, energy bars or something, and the energy bars for me will be more long, longer stays in nature um, so I can sustain this until the end of the year. Nice. All right, we've got a couple of minutes left. 
And mm-hmm. the highlights, I think, you, that you really touched on that, that I think make the biggest impact, you talked about the gratitude. Uh, we talked about leveraging everything to our advancement, even when it's not the plan that we expected. Um, mm-hmm. it, we talked about the perfection thing. Um, right now, there is something that somebody out there needs to hear from you. There is a message, there's something that some entrepreneur, some, some executive woman, some middle manager, VP, someone out there needs to hear. You know, um, for me, and I'm learning this sort of the hard way, is that more work doesn't equal success. That's it. You don't have to work yourself into the ground in order to be successful. Love it. More work does not equal uh, does not equal success. Making those self honoring choices supports everybody else around you. When you take care of yourself, that is in and of itself taking care of others. Being in that place of gratitude and leveraging everything to your benefit and your betterment. I. Melanie mm-hmm. Cure, Be The Change HR, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank you for being late because that oh. provided me some great opportunities. I, I genuinely appreciate that, right? I love the VUCA alert. Um, and thank you so much for being with us and for sharing so vulnerably. You know, we can talk oh, about business stuff or, uh, you know, HR, but for you to get real like this and be honest and vulnerable uh, is really inspiring. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Chris. All right. That's going to do it for us on uh, Women Lead Radio, brought to you by the Connected Women of Influence. Thank you so much for uh, spending the time with us. We will catch you next time. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.